0: That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Every guest in this hall, said Dumbledore, and his eyes lingered upon the Durmstrang students, will be welcome back here at any time, should they wish to come. I say to you all once again, in the light of Lord Voldemort's return, we are only as strong as we are united and as weak as we are divided. Lord Voldemort's gift for spreading discord and enmity is very great. We can fight it only by showing an equally strong bond of friendship and trust. Differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for coming this far with us. If you haven't done the reading, you know we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week Chapter 37, The Beginning. This chapter is pretty much just a funeral feast and a train ride, so it's super depressing, but there are some highlights. We get to have one last tea with Hagrid, five different people all jinx Malfoy at the same time, Um, Hermione gets to show everyone her new pet beetle, and Harry makes the twins take his Triwizard Tournament winnings to open their joke shop. Welcome to the Restricted Section. Take my money or I'll fucking hex you, dude. I am your host, Christina, and I am simply... Speechless, because I am joined today by my bookish friend, Mary Payton. Say hello to the listeners, Mary Payton.
1: Hi, people.
0: You might be able to hear her many doggies clip clopping in the background. (laughs) I'm
1: trying so hard to hide it.
0: Dude, when there's like a sound happening in the background, it's so much easier to just be like, this is what that sound is. And you will hear it because trying to pause for children of any kind however many legs it's just a nightmare <laughs> yeah oh, <you laughs> oh that? No, that one, well, that's actually not allowed <laughs> okay, okay. that one's actually not allowed oh, all right
1: all right all right
0: <laughs> and i am feeling a little bit better than i would otherwise after reading this fucking chapter because we have our very good friend danny with us today say hello to the listeners danny hey listeners <laughs> We're so happy to have you back. If you don't recognize Danny's voice or name by now, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you've been. You clearly <laughs> haven't been listening to like many of these episodes. Uh, th- is this this is probably your third or fourth time on the podcast, Danny? Yeah, we're getting up
2: there. Um, I, I don't re- recall what number exactly, but I mean, if you don't know me by now, that's your loss because I'm kind of a big deal. So.
0: Mm. <laughs> i love it you came on for our original jk rowling is canceled episode which is still so awesome and i'm thinking about re-releasing it this summer
1: hell yes
0: (laughs) yeah okay and then you came on for prisoner of azkaban the quidditch final
2: Mm, that sounds right yeah
0: i think you already came on for an earlier episode yeah you came on for the unforgivable curses back in november slash possibly december
1: (laughs) That chapter, The Unforgivable unfor- Curses, is like back when we're still having fun in like classes, getting to know the new professors, and everything's so different now.
2: Yeah. Now it's just sadness.
0: And to take it way back, you were actually also on for Chamber of Secrets, uh, Chapter 7, Mudbloods and Murmurs, in August of 2020.
2: Wow, that feels like a long time ago.
0: <laughs> I know, you've really done it. So this is actually. Your fifth episode? Wow, go me. That's incredible. You're tied only with, I think Adel Refai has also been on five times, but possibly four. Okay. Y'all are neck and neck.
1: I feel like this is like in um, on SNL when they have the five-timers club.
0: Yes. I don't that? watch SNL. What'd you say? I don't watch SNL. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> well, it's like, I used to watch it like crazy when I was younger. It's I don't really watch it anymore. But um, whenever they have someone who guest hosts... Uh, five times in a row they do this whole skit about them meeting the other five-timers and they're always Aww. like wearing these jackets and <laughs> yeah it's really good i love
0: that that's really cute yeah danny you're a five-timer
1: hell oh, yeah i'll i'll <laughs> take a jacket
0: let's go yeah. <laughs> so the reason danny's here today other than that we love him and love spending time with him is because this chapter it it's i mean and like maybe this is just my opinion but it sucks. That's it's rough. so sad and nothing happens and it's terrible. <laughs> it's just like, well, fuck. Period. End of book. <laughs>
2: Beautifully tragic.
0: <laughs> and so, I was talking to my fellow Movie Night Network creators and I was telling them that I didn't want to invite a new guest on for this energy. It's like a bad first impression. <laughs> I'm like, I need someone really fun and really lively that the listeners love to like really uplift this chapter and I was like do any of you want to come on but then our friend Taylor was like you need to invite Danny because the listeners love Danny (laughs) I love the listeners thanks guys
2: (laughs) nothing boosts my confidence
0: like the restricted
2: section honestly (laughs) I have a bad day and I'm like I'm a fan favorite
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes Someday I'll pull up the numbers for you and show you the cold, hard figures, the cold, hard data (laughs) proving (laughs) that you're a fan favorite. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) I love it, too. So thank you so much, Danny, for coming on and, like, enduring this with us.
2: I'm happy to be here as always. Thank you guys for having me. I love, you know, uh, getting on and talking nerdy with y'all. So I'm happy to be involved in any chapter, no matter how
1: sad (laughs) or how (laughs) she?
0: well great perfect so that's awesome so let's get started we're talking about (laughs) i feel like i need to bring the energy down we're talking about chapter 37 of harry potter and the goblet of fire the beginning but it's actually the last chapter of this book we're at the end of goblet of fire what the fuck
1: (laughs) crazy and it's like it's one of those chapters that like yes it's You know, trying to tie some loose ends together before we part ways as readers. But it's just a downer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think this is like the first book that hasn't ended in a neat little boat. And I think that bitch is like, oh, oh, I'm going to call the last (laughs) chapter the beginning because I'm a genius. Yeah. Yeah. And It's like it's not a tight, cute little little story. The beginning of sadness.
1: I don't remember reading this chapter the first time. But I'm sure as a middle schooler when I was reading it that I was like oh my god that's so clever. It's like the beginning (laughs) of the real story.
2: She is so smart. (laughs) Um, I won't get too much into it because we'll get into it in later you know when we get to that part in the chapter but reading this chapter you know for a second or third time I too didn't remember reading my first time. So reading it there's some like really great language about grief specifically from Dumbledore that I cannot wait to dive into it's it's really beautiful and um after you know a rough day it's certainly nice to read it's comforting almost which you know you can sense that in the chapter it's needed
0: wow I love that so much (laughs) before we get into the events of the chapter I do want to mention that I texted Mary Payton and Danny both before we started recording to ask if they were planning on drinking tonight because I was like this chapter is a doozy, man. Like, it's not a good energy, so maybe we should just do a drinking game.
1: I'm going to crack mine open.
2: Oh, yeah. That was a good sound. That
0: good was audio. a good
2: sound. Oh, yeah. Okay. Into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I opened a notebook I haven't used in a while and I'm having, like, like fl- like flash like war flashbacks because the first page is a-, a Christmas shopping list for me and Sean's entire extended family. Oh god. <laughs> 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 Ooh, That's some that real PTSD
1: right there. For
0: real. Um, so, <laughs> I always talk away from the microphone. I'm like, it'll sound cute because I'm doing stuff in my office, but it doesn't sound cute. You just can't hear what I'm <laughs> saying. Oh. But I do think I've gotten better about doing my, like, screaming bit away from the microphone like when you're pretending to be screaming. Maybe not all podcasts do that, but this one
1: does. <laughs> There's a lot of that on this podcast.
0: <laughs> I've learned to like look in a different direction. The voice just goes so far. So I'm doing um chapter 37 drinking game, which is like the lamest name of any drinking game <laughs> I've ever heard.
2: I'm into it. It's all good.
0: So for starters, every time Cedric comes up in any regard, we're gonna raise our glasses and cheers to Cedric. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Because this is his funeral chapter. <laughs> and like, why am I laughing? It's because I'm uncomfortable because the grief <laughs> of this chapter is so palpable.
1: It's too much. If you don't laugh, you will get dragged down into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always think about a literature class I took in college with Dr. Vincelette, and it was the American drama. It was like contemporary American plays is what we were studying. And there, I mean, it's like only, it's only trauma in those things. And there's like a weird number of like dead babies. Like this, the dead baby to story ratio is like insane. And she would all, we would always be in class like giggling and she'd be like, why are we laughing? And we would all chorus because it's uncomfortable. (laughs) That's
2: fair. I mean, laughter and uncomfortable situations is pretty common. I mean, you know, you just got to roll with it sometimes. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So if either of y'all has anything to add to the drinking game now or as we go, definitely let me know and I'll write it down on our little notepad.
2: Sounds good. Uh, I'm going to share with everyone that I'm drinking a uh, Sprite and whiskey. I would recommend it. Good, good, good drink.
1: Sounds delicious. (laughs) I wasn't sure what kind of drinking game level of intensity we would have tonight. So (laughs) I... I was like, I'm not doing liquor. I cannot. <laughs> That's fair. I simply must be at work in the morning. So I got a
0: an Aldi uh, IPA.
2: Love me some Aldi IPAs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Aldi beers.
0: <laughs> Danny said, I've got some White Claw I can drink tonight. And, and then he said... Oh, I have whiskey in my freezer.
1: <laughs> a decision was made. <laughs> One of the drunkest episodes I ever had on this podcast was when Ooh, I did
0: behind the scenes. I know, right?
1: Um yeah, it was it felt like a mess of an episode to me and like you had to tell me that it was okay, but it felt I don't like remember I was this The okay. fact that
0: I don't know what episode you're talking I know, about is I know, probably right? good, right?
1: I it was when I had mixed Discovered mixing um, White Claw and vodka,
0: Ooh. which is yeah. freaking
1: delicious, but you forget that no part of that is non-alcoholic. Like- <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, yeah. Oh, shit, My friends yeah. and I used to do, in college, my friends and I did a lot of Smirnoff in vodka. Ooh. For similar energy with more sugar.
1: Yes. To this
2: day, I cannot drink Smirnoff. Ugh. That was all I drank in college as well, and it makes me sick to my stomach just smelling
0: it. I think I said Smirnoff in vodka, and I want to clarify, like, Smirnoff, uh, the, like, wine coolers? That's what 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 I was assuming. Okay, what are they called? Uh, it... Is is, It's because Smirnoff ice is, like, the one ice one, right? And then you, like, ice people.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking you were talking about.
2: Yeah.
0: Smirnoff.
2: Yeah, I just would get the little, you know, the six-pack bottles. I would be able to swipe from the fridge That's what I was thinking about.
0: Yeah, they are called Smirnoff Ice, but I feel like my brain was more thinking of like Seagram's.
1: (laughs) Seagram's coolers.
0: (laughs) So let's just start with one grand cheers to the end of Goblet of Fire. I'm clanging my ice, which is not usually allowed, but we're talking about our drinks right now. (laughs) Cheers to the end of Goblet of Fire and Friendship and uh, fuck Lord Voldemort, I guess. Fuck Lord Voldemort. (laughs) if fuck lord
1: voldemort.
0: i like that fuck lord voldemort voldemort yeah him specifically we do a lot of like fuck tyranny like fuck fascism fuck prejudice but like i don't think we've ever been like yo straight up fuck lord voldemort specifically it's weird <laughs> yeah.
2: that this is the first time we've said fuck lord voldemort specifically <laughs> like specifically. you think that would have come up by now like he's the main bad
1: guy you know <laughs> like fuck I'm that guy it's just
0: He just came back like three chapters ago. Give us a break. Yeah, he hasn't
1: been that scary yet. You know, like, I feel like first book Voldemort is like, you can't even touch Harry. You're not even a full person. Like But
0: I I can touch you now. now. I'm not very good at it. I think
1: I honestly I love whenever Mary Clay does. Mm, Yeah, Mary Clay is great at it.
0: I just need to get her to record them all so I can use them as sound clips, you know? Yes. What else should we drink for? Should we drink for every time we see trauma? But then I'm like, "Mm, we can't get that trash.
1: That would be terrible. Um, I was thinking this is only specifically for Voldemort's... uh, Oh, wow. I meant Dumbledore. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) I did that an episode or two ago. I said Voldemort instead of Harry. So it's fine. Okay. (laughs)
1: Okay.
0: He's on our minds.
1: Wow. Um, Yeah, I just think about him 24-7, you know? (laughs) Um, During Dumbledore's speech, when he says... I don't know. We drink to a line that we really love of his. Because he's got a couple of them in there. It won't be every line, obviously. But a couple of them in there are just, like, so solid. You gotta cheers yeah, to them. I get For it. For sure. I'm
0: definitely definitely scheduled a couple tweets <laughs> of quotes from that. Yes. Um, I also think that we all should be at liberty to just call drink whenever something just kind of hits you the right way.
2: I like that. Can we drink every time um, Harry side-eyes... Uh, I almost said Drogo... Ergo is my cat's name. Um, We're talking about Draco (laughs) Malfoy here. Um, I don't Do you want to
1: side eye Drogo? Is that why you said that?
2: I side eye this bitch all the time. He is so noisy when I'm trying to sleep. But anyway. <laughs> I got that.
0: Well, and like if cats are chilling and you so much as look at them, it can activate them. So if you're trying to like if you're trying to like see if they're sleeping, you have to kind of like not make a big deal of it and be like, oh, cute. <laughs> I like the That's way so you said funny. it can activate them. It's true, um, don't, though. <laughs> don't your cats make active? activation noises when you like poke them and they're sleeping don't they be like uh
2: not exactly that (laughs) it's more like like the grunts of old men but yeah they do make noises
0: (laughs) okay so between now and a week from now when this episode comes out i'm gonna do my best i'm gonna i'm gonna stay sneaking up on my sleeping cat dante to try to get a clip of that activation sound it's the (laughs) best cutest thing i love it that'd be
1: awesome
0: (laughs) they also it's dante and pepper both like use their cute little activation noises as, like, battle cries before they're about to do something bad, before they're about to, like, fucking attack one of my other cats or like, fuck some shit up. They're like, and then they, like, and then they fuck shit up. And I'm like, why do you announce yourself? I know to come find you now.
2: Anyway. Cats oh, are my God. Sick. I love it. I'm trying to see what else we can drink to.
0: Well, we can do it as we go along, too. Okay, cool, cool. Let's get started. Um, Let's fucking get started, I guess. The <laughs> yeah. last... Okay. So the last few days of term are a blur, and like I really like the detached tone that this whole chapter takes. I think that Voldemort is like quite good at writing, um, as you alluded to earlier, Danny, like grief and trauma, and so I think that the way that this chapter is just so detached and like really like mild is very reflective of how Harry would be feeling in this time, you know?
2: Yeah, not just the entirety of, you know, Hogwarts is just weighed down by this. And I think you could really yeah. feel that in the chapter. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. It's it's a, It's been a rainy, dreary day here in New Hampshire. And then I read this chapter and just, oh, it was great. Mm. All the dreary wow. vibes.
0: Good. It's a vibe, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of dreary, maybe that's not the right word, but uh, speaking of, the diggeries come to talk to harry while he's in the hospital wing and i'm gonna call a cheers to cedric because i think we mentioned him enough yeah my boy boy cedric no diggity i
1: i I like imagining that i'm cheersing with his parents later obviously not on this day because it's too soon
0: maybe the next day though
1: (laughs) i was gonna say though real quick like the detached feeling is when i i feel like my first sort of like Real um, grief was in college when a friend of mine passed away.
0: Is she the one that you've talked about on this podcast? No,
1: it's actually a different one, but I will talk about. No, it's okay. So sorry. Thanks so much, (laughs) Christina. No, I think about her. I think about her twenty four seven with Harry Potter stuff, especially. But um, no, this is another friend of mine, and the one thing that I noticed was so weird. First, I feel like was the feeling like like not understanding how the rest of the world was still soldiering on as though nothing had happened because of course most people didn't know this person and you know they could just go about their lives like normal it felt so strange to be in that world and to feel so on a part of it Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: and i i that part with harry and like harry's such a good narrator for being distant because he's like that a lot even when he's not grieving but he does such a good job of just watching and taking um, it in. Yeah, just taking it in and that definitely
0: that
1: definitely feels the way that grief feels.
0: Yeah. So Harry tries to make the Diggories take his winnings, his 1000 galleons that he won by winning the Triwizard tournament, but they won't take it. I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. They probably don't know that he has inherited a small fortune in what we call old money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just stays getting getting paid.
0: I know. I
2: love it. Should we drink every time Harry tries to force his money on people?
0: Yeah, okay. I was going to yes. say every time we talk about money, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's the same. Mm-hmm. I'll, okay. write down, I'll write down money. Money.
2: <laughs> there we go. To money. Oh,
0: I could, I could just hear the Cardi B sound clip that I'm going to stick in Oh, there. heck yeah. Money. It happened like in my brain. I need <laughs> to write this down. <laughs> You know how I, I'm drinking White Claws that I got out of a cooler that we've been keeping on my back porch? And, like, something I forget about coolers is that if you don't always keep ice in them, like, the stuff's not cold inside of it. <laughs> it it's, like, summertime now. <laughs> and I just kind of forget I have beers out there. So I went and got three White Claws, and they were a real nice, like, outdoor summer room temperature. <laughs> and so uh. I put them in, uh, like, a... What do you call this? Like, a tumbler with ice? And it just... Yep. It kind of sucks how each... Each uh, white claw gets like is like less good because they are getting less cold (laughs) on the ice. Yeah, each one like sucks the warmth out of the tumbler, (laughs) the cold. So he eventually has to leave the hospital wing, which, but maybe he doesn't. I mean, I might have been like, can I just stay here and read until (laughs) the bus home? But. He goes back into the general population and the students have been instructed not to pester him. So most are just like completely avoiding him and talking shit behind his back, which is fucking so bananas. The students of Hogwarts disappoint me at every turn. That's fair. I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, the sometimes the students of Hogwarts can really feel like... Um that mean girl squad like Hogwarts this the entire student body can sometimes embody the energy of Regina George and I'm not feeling it you know
0: yeah that's very funny have you seen that um there's like a trailer on YouTube where it's I think it's Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince but the trailer is as if it's like a teen rom-com and so the tone is like completely different
2: I have have not and I'm gonna check that out after this (laughs)
0: Okay, when I'm editing this and I get to this part, I'll text it to you, Danny, and I'll also put it in the show notes.
2: I've got a really good feeling about Hellboards. I feel it's it's the place to be tonight.
1: Do you know what I mean?
0: No. I think a lot of this is, like, people talking, and so we're getting, like, information and, like, stuff wrapping up. So we learned from Ron, I guess, or somebody that Dumbledore isn't letting Harry go straight to the Weasleys, even though Molly Weasley, like, asked... Dumbledore specifically. Can I please just take this poor child, (laughs) please? Please let me me. take
2: this orphan.
0: Yeah, exactly. But Dumbledore says no. And then fucking Dumbledore's got his reasons. I suppose we've got to trust him, haven't we? Uh, no. (laughs) Ask questions. Listen, if
2: I had learned anything from the Harry Potter series, as much as I love Dumbledore, it's sometimes don't fucking trust
1: Dumbledore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or like, don't trust adults. I feel like all the adults in this whole series let us down. Don't yeah, trust any of them. Except for the Weasleys. For sure. Yeah. Well, no, you're right yes. about that. I guess what I'm saying is the staff of Hogwarts Yes, yeah. <laughs> lets us down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the staff and students of Hogwarts letting us down at every turn. <laughs> no, it's fine. They're all grieving in this chapter. They're fine. Uh, So the trio goes down to visit Hagrid, and they're like, oh my god, what are these two gigantic teacups doing on the table?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny, because I never... You never see those before now, do we? I don't think we see his giant-sized tea set. I
0: don't know. I don't know. That's so funny. It is funny
2: to think about. I don't remember. I picture two, like, cereal bowls with handles.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, when I was reading this, I really thought oh, wow, Have has it always been described that way and I just missed it? Like, have Harry and Hermione and Ron been drinking out of giant teacups this whole time?
0: <laughs> no, you. Ha- I, they don't talk about that. So I think he must have, like, guest teacups and then, like, his couple of teacups.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that makes sense.
0: I get it because at my house, I have... Coffee mugs for when I'm serving a shit ton of coffee out to friends, and then I have my breakfast. I need to start my day. Coffee mugs, which are about twice as big. That's a that's a pro tip for coming to my house. You gotta look for the better. I'm not giving you the best mug. There's a better mug somewhere.
1: We'll find it. I will find it.
0: I demand the
2: best mug.
0: <laughs> I have my favorite mug. Well, nobody gives a shit. But my favorite mug is I. <laughs> it's like a Godiva mug, and it has a beautiful woman with flowing Rapunzel hair and she's like naked on horseback and I'm like this is the energy I need to start my days with <laughs> yeah I love it <laughs> so Hagrid and Olymp were having tea and they're like who the fuck is Olymp <laughs> it's Madame Maxime
1: I get that though like you never growing up you never knew your teachers first names and to hear them would be like an assault to your ears
0: yeah.
2: yeah super weird
0: one of my best friends is a teacher and she talks about her work friends by calling them like like mr park and like and like mrs whatever <laughs> and even when they got to happy hour together they still address each other that way they're always addressing each other that way because if you slip if you do it different once you could like slip up in front of kids you know and it's mm-hmm. like we can't do that wow and it's very cute to listen to that
2: is cute <laughs> I have a good friend who's a teacher and when she tells me you know stories about her students she calls herself you know Mrs. So-and-so and I, I don't know why but I hear her addressed as Mrs. So-and-so and I giggle. I don't know why it's just so funny. It's like <laughs> who are you thinking you're professional?
0: <laughs> yeah like it's like your friend's playing a prank on you. Yeah
2: like I've seen you do a lot of unprofessional things i realized (laughs) i shouldn't put her stuff out on the internet you know so yeah anyway
1: (laughs) well you said so and so so
0: that's yeah the so and so So -so. nobody fucking knows who that is (laughs) you know so and so so it turns out that hagrid and max madame maxime have made up because they have a job to do over the summer but he can't talk about it
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i bet they have a job to do over the summer (laughs)
0: and i don't think we see him until like more than halfway into the next book straight up hold on i'm gonna pull it up right now i really don't think he's there he like leaves now
1: yeah he's missing and not missing we know where he is but he's gone for a long time he's
0: missing
1: and then he comes back all beat up
0: there's 38 chapters in order of the phoenix and let's see oh hagrid's tale is chapter 20 so it's more than halfway through the book wow he comes back fucked up. Damn. So just like bye, Hagrid. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Peace.
1: He, he kinda does.
0: They're pretty much just chilling. And then he's like, Well, this is enough sad stuff. Do you guys want to come visit the last blast-ended scroot? And everyone's like, no. And he's like, I'm just kidding. And it's like very cute that he like <laughs> is making a self-deprecating joke. It
1: really played like a like a last line in a family comedy, like a sitcom. Where they're like, oh, come on, Hagrid. And then it freeze frames.
0: <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love it so much. And then it rolls to credits. Mm-hmm. No, just kidding. We're not there yet. <laughs> so then it's the last night of term. And it's just sad. Harry's like, I'm so sad. And I'm like packing my stuff. And that's a sad thing inherently. And I'm just like feeling really sad. Today, this is a sad day. I (laughs) know. We're just fucking dwelling in it. And then he has to go to a feast, and it's like, wow, that's the last thing I want to do when I'm this sad.
1: Yes, but it's like double down, too, because he's super sad and doesn't want to be around all these people. But also, he knows all these people are just going to stare at him and think weird things about him and possibly think that he murdered Cedric. Drink.
0: Oh, to Cedric! Uh, to Cedric. To fucking Cedric, dude. That's my boy. My <laughs> That's my That's son. I think of. That's my boy. Oh,
2: uh, it's like
0: the fucking Twilight Bark, dude. <laughs> just, we're all taking it up across the town.
2: Oh, uh, not only do <laughs> none of the kids or kids, uh, not uh, only do you know Harry and the gang not want to go. I'm just kind of scrolling through the chapter here. But, you know, he walks in and the tone just ain't there. Mm. Sounds like everyone at Hogwarts just needs a self-care day. And Dumbledore's like, no, let's eat. We'll be happy. Just think happy. Well, that's actually not Dumbledore. I don't know what I was doing there. I'm getting a little drunk. Sorry, folks. (laughs) Ignore me.
0: Dumbledore's like tradition. (laughs) Dumbledore's just like, we have to do what we always do.
2: We got to move on, boo-boo.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to put a little spice on it, though, because you think that we're doing the freaking intra house cup or whatever. Is it inter? Inter, inter, inter house I cup. think is what they ha- call it. Inter. And um he's like, but no, this is a surprise funeral. Surprise, you're at a funeral. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the worst kind of funeral is a surprise one. I mean, oh you're, my you're, God. you're right. It says right here, when he, Ron, and Hermione entered the hall, they saw at once that the usual decorations were missing. The Great Hall was normally decorated with the winning house colors for the leaving feast. Tonight, however, the drapes were black.
0: Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Rough. So, yeah, okay. So, Dumbledore, there's like a feast, and then Dumbledore um, stands up to give his speech, and he gives a little tribute to Cedric. Mm
1: -hmm. To Cedric. That's my boy!
0: That's. That's my boy. <laughs> That's my son. <laughs> my son.
1: <laughs> oh. Uh, I've literally, this is like literal proof that you laugh when you're so sad. Like literally <laughs> laughing with a sad face. Oh. It doesn't seem possible, but it is. Um, let's talk for a second, though, about the fact that Mad-Eye Moody is just, like, at this feast. Would, <laughs> you, like, be, would you be I've at a feast? I've been here all along. <laughs> would you be at a feast after you've been locked in a trunk for 10 months?
0: Here's the thing is, like, maybe nobody... I mean, why would the students know, oh, really? Why would the right. students know, like, what... That that it wasn't him all along. Maybe they're like, let's just fucking wrap this up, dude. Just come to the feast and then fuck off, <laughs> dude. Just put on a brave face, please.
1: Oh man, can you imagine asking him to do that after all that? Because because Dumbledore didn't he have to like really convince? I don't know if they really say this, but I'm assuming that he had to convince Mad Eye to even come and teach in the first place,
0: didn't he? Oh yeah, that is like not very clear. He what does he? I think he does say he brought me out of my retirement for just one year.
2: It's funny because we definitely have talked about this in a past episode. Um, I remember commenting on Uh the verbiage specifically. I can't remember it now. But we talk about this when Moody uh, talks about being pulled out of retirement. His wording is very ambiguous. And I talked specifically about how I felt his wording felt like he was almost being blackmailed into coming out of
0: retirement. Or
2: like pushed. I wish I could remember the wording. Yeah, I do
0: remember you... Yeah, that was back on, I'm sure, the Unforgivable Curses, because that's that, like, wild chapter where Mad-Eye Moody fucking casts a shit ton of Unforgivable Curses on everything. <laughs> uh. Classic Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, Mad-Eye Moody uh, comes, to after being held prisoner by a, a him lookalike for 10 months or whatever, and t- to realize that his reputation has only improved, the imposter was, like, kind of better at it than he was.
1: <laughs> that man, that is so true, because he was just as... He was just as chaotic as Mad Eye would have been, but he also he's also made some friends along the way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Chaotic good. Chaotic good. I for sure. I do wanna like uh keep track of Mad-Eye Moody over the next couple books to try to like see if I can detect any differences. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah. Okay, so we're actually in the middle of a eulogy, so let's just uh get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> um Voldemort's like The man doesn't want me to tell you this, but your boy Cedric to Cedric to Cedric. My boy. My son. He was murdered by Lord Voldemort. Like this is the real story that they don't want you to know. He was murdered by literally Lord Voldemort, who is a clear and present danger to us all at this time.
1: I love the way he starts it too. like the the buildup of this speech is so good because he's like, about Cedric. I think that you have the right therefore to know exactly how it came about. And then Harry raised his head and he like realized what well, about to happen. And then he says Cedric Diggory was murdered by Lord Voldemort. And he just like lets it sink in. Like Dumbledore is such a good public speaker especially to a bunch of students. He's like yeah I know exactly how to play this.
0: I know I only have two minutes of your attention so let me get to it. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: like the Wizarding World equivalent of a mic drop.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: But, like, a terrible one, not a fun one.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then Dumbledore's like, and honestly, Harry is a badass hero because he was super brave and he retrieved Cedric's body at risk to himself. To Cedric. To To Cedric. Cedric. And then he's like, well, I've had a lovely year with our precious guests. You're welcome back at any time. You're the best. (laughs) About the Durmstrang and the Boboton students.
1: Mm-hmm. It like made me jump a little bit at that part because I didn't remember him saying that. And I thought it would have been so freaking cool if that had been a foreshadowing to them coming back like at the Battle of Hogwarts.
0: Ooh, that would have been extremely cool, cool. would have
1: been that? Wow. Like, man, I feel like every, it reminds me of like every really good fantasy novel or series where they have this big battle at the end. It's like all these different. Usually like kingdoms battle, or nations. Battle of five
0: armies, maybe you could. Yes,
1: similar. <laughs> yes. That would have been so cool. And now I really wish that had happened.
0: There's also, yeah, there's a lot of shit show like uh final battles. That's you gotta love it. I think mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings has like four of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Uh, uh it's fucking time to leave. And this oh wait, but um Mary Payton, you were talking about how oh, Wait, I don't actually remember. I said Mary Payne, but now I'm like, I don't remember which one of you was talking about like the writing yeah, I was, in this chapter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
2: think we both touched on it. I was actually kind of yeah. quiet because i was scrolling through trying to uh, find some good language here so right after
0: where are you looking because i'm i'm thinking specifically of like dumbledore's speech there's like a really nice quote about like togetherness is that what you got
2: yes actually i'm right at his speech right after he tells everyone he's welcome back and you know um he has some great language about voldemort but fuck him blah 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 but um where was it differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open oh Dumbledore I love it
0: may the heart open you know it's a beautiful quote yeah and I feel like
1: um that bitch does a good job of like Dumbledore is kind of the only character that has those well not that's not true but he consistently has those quotes you know like it's very much a dumbledore kind of voice to have these quotes very that are like little nuggets of gold little nuggets
0: yeah okay so this quote specifically this dumbledore quiz was specifically that you just read here's a little cheat sheet for the listeners later this summer i'm re- releasing an episode that was previously only available on our patreon bonus feed check it out in the show notes that i so brilliantly named Harry Quoter. And it was like a quote quiz I did for Brooke and Haley. And it was really, really funny because Brooke had only ever read the book series once. And Haley has like an encyclopedic knowledge of the <laughs> Harry Potter series. So it was just quite funny. Um, But this comes up, this specific Dumbledore quote comes up in that episode. So if you're watching with like your sig fig or something, and you can be like, Oh, I know that quote. Nice. Love it.
1: Yeah. And I love, um, Then the last paragraph of it, Danny, were you going to talk about anything before the last paragraph that he says?
2: Um, If you're I I think I'm on my phone, so my paragraphs are a bit wonky here. Um, The only thing I was going to comment on was the part in his speech where he goes, remember Cedric, blah, blah, blah. Remember if the time should come when you have to make a choice between what is right and what is easy. Remember what happened to a boy who was good, kind and brave
1: just yeah yeah beautiful <laughs> Just the way he says, says it Kingery. i don't know just <laughs> Hedrick. <laughs> that's my boy he says it in a way that's very i don't know what you call that tone but i hear that tone it's gonna make it sound like a stupid tone but i hear that tone a lot in like good creative non-fiction writing hmm. where it's some of my favorites where they the, the author will write about regular life in a way that makes it feel big and important um and beautiful yeah. and um, I know you're
0: reading that memoir right now
1: yeah yeah actually, <laughs> shout out to Valley Haggard who's a great a great writer and she's I've taken writing classes with her and she is such a big um, advocate of writers who write about regular stuff but just in a way that Let's people realize how important and how beautiful life can be, and I love yeah. that Dumbledore has that tone here in a in a time that's really sad and dark, and he's always the one to make it sound beautiful and like it's all worthwhile, even in this moment.
0: I yeah, it. I love that. Mm-hmm. I whipped open my book too, but it it's just I read the illustrated editions, and it's like I can't I can't record with this book, dude. It's like having like an infant in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so unwieldy. Oh. It's time to leave after that. And we're all we're just like, fuck. It's like it's very detached.
1: And then Harry gets to go to a terrible place after having a terrible time.
0: Trauma on trauma. It just like really bothers me that we never get for obvious reasons, we never get any definitive rules about like the love magic and going back to the Dursleys. And it's so supremely frustrating like, this summer is so frustrating. And the beginning of the next book is so fucking frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, surely there had to be, like, any other answer other than just, like, well, that sucks. Fuck you. Go <laughs> go back to your abusers. It is, <laughs> like, what the it, fuck? It is really
1: strange, too, because generally when there's some sort of, like, uh, mysterious magic that she puts in there like that that's never really explained, it's obviously, like, a plot device just to make something work. But it doesn't even, I'm not even sure why. Like, why why did she decide that he really had to be at the Dursleys every summer in order for the story to work?
2: That's interesting. I never really thought of it in from that perspective, yeah.
0: I think that it's part of his, like, branding, dude, is that, like, his life sucks and he's an orphan and no one wants him.
1: So maybe if you only had the beginning part where you really deal with the Dursleys, then it wouldn't be as... Traumatic for the reader. Yeah, we have to, like,
0: keep thinking about (laughs) how shitty it is. I don't know.
2: It is interesting, though. There's just the contrast. I mean, one moment, you know, Dumbledore's in the Great Hall commending Harry. The next moment, he's, you know, saying no to, like, Molly Weasley, the head bitch in charge. So it is interesting how he goes from that compassionate, you know, Harry... You're done. Great, kid. Slap on the back to no. Send him back to this hellhole. I would really love to know what the meaning was behind
0: that. But, you know. And, like, honestly, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm realizing that, like, it actually wouldn't really change the story much if Harry just moved in with the Weasleys. Like, it really would change next to nothing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, yeah.
0: Just give this boy a family.
1: I wonder, do you guys think that Dumbledore told Molly and Arthur his reason?
0: No, I don't think he tells anyone fucking anything. <laughs> and I think the Weasleys respect him a lot right now.
2: I I think that's a good assumption. I mean, they gave this super vague answer of, you know, Dumbledore has his reasons or whatever, which I well, feel like is so vague that even they're just like, I'll fucking know, bro. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the equivalent of because um, I I think of when my mom would, you know, tell me to do things without good reason, because I told you to or some shit like that. Like, just Mm -hmm. I just want to torture you a little bit. It's all good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're leaving And everyone's saying goodbye. Okay, so Fleur Delacour comes up to Harry and is like, oh my God, I love you. We're best friends now. I'm even moving here because I want to learn English better because I'm going to marry somebody you know. Don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) Poor Ron. I like thought about that through this whole scene where Ron is still just falling apart every time she's anywhere near him. And (laughs) just thinking about him getting the news that his brother is dating her and then marrying her
0: I feel like it's almost like a relief it's like well I can't I mean I can't even entertain it anymore so I guess so goodbye he just gets to stare
1: awkwardly awkwardly at her for the rest of his life
0: I just hate everything about that I know
1: me too Um, I will say I read this chapter out loud to Dusty my um, stepdaughter and yeah it was really cute and I couldn't believe that she was like okay with that Um, I loved it did but, uh, you just
0: start reading and she was like, no, I like it.
1: Well, she was like hanging out with me. Sometimes she you can tell that she just wants to be around other people. She's like a, such a social person. Aww. And mm-hmm. she just like was in my room with me. And I was like, well, I, I really have to read this. And she was like, OK, does it she was like, does it um, does it help if you read it out loud?
0: wait that's the cutest thing i've ever heard in my fucking life i know dude dusty is my favorite person on earth she's awesome dude i'm voting for her for president i'm gonna write her in every year until it happens she
1: also while i was reading this to her she went through my closet and made outfits for me
2: i love that so much that is so funny
1: she just like, she is the life coach that I didn't know I could get out of a stepdaughter. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Oh, um, man. Oh, but I, so, so I was reading so this to her, and I really don't know if I would have read it out loud to her if I had realized how many accents there would be.
0: <laughs> mm, uh, Between
1: Hagrid, Fleur, and Crumb, I was just like, I'm so sorry. She was just laughing at me the whole time. I was like, the and the only accent I could really do very well was Crumb's. I was like, well, this one I... For some reason I've got I don't know it's can we, can so we hear different. your crumb no absolutely not <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right all right
1: <laughs> if I had had some whiskey maybe but the beer uh, the beer is only five percent
2: so jeez I wish
0: <laughs> okay so cr- crumb also comes up to say goodbye and ask for a private word with Hermione and then they're like so and, and Ron then... is straining his
1: <laughs> neck to see them the whole time.
0: He's like, I thought Hermione and I had an understanding.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I love the jealousy in this scene with Ron. I mean, before he, he uh, they even get to the description of him craning his neck to see Ron, you know, uh, following Crumb through the crowd and out of sight. You know, that's the description of them walking away. Ron just calls after him like, you'd better hurry up. Just, like, I, get away from him. You, come I mean, on.
1: He's just so desperate for something to say. Like, I so desperate for some way to to control that moment. I, yeah. a part of it.
0: I get it, Ron. It's no, so I get it. so embarrassing. Pay attention. <laughs> and when they come back, Ron, <laughs> finally, after a whole year of buildup, asks for Victor Crumb's autograph. Mm-hmm. Ron, you crushed a mini figurine of crumb earlier in the year <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Ron it's so hard to be in love with someone and by in love I mean with crumb <laughs> I love that the line about crumb like how crumb reacts he says uh, crumb looking surprised but gratified
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love I, yeah that. I was trying to like picture that I'm I love it he's just like all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. I knew you wanted my fucking autograph. <laughs> uh. So then they get on the train and they're like, let's dish because we're cozy in this little compartment by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um and they're just like chatting it up. And then Hermione pulls out the Daily Profit and Harry's like, Yikes, what's in that? And she's like, Don't even worry about it. Because Rita Skeeter hasn't been publishing anything and like Fudge just had them print a little thing about how you won the Triwizard tournament and like he's keeping everyone quiet. So like don't even worry about anyone including Rita Skeeter.
2: I <laughs> love the big reveal that comes soon <laughs> after this. Just little fucking Hermione. I mean I just think of all the times previously in, you know, other books where Hermione's like, "No!" Don't do that. Be good. Stop causing trouble. And here she is, literally holding a human being in bug form I love captive.
0: It. It's very metal. I like,
1: it. but like, but like the parallel to the fact that we just, like, someone else was just captured in a small place for ten months. Like, okay, I know that's different, but I was just like, dang, girl. Uh, if you were anyone else, we would probably tell someone about this
0: maybe like get her just even like a little bit of a better plate like a jar is not get her like a little terrarium man what the hell is a terrarium (laughs) yeah
2: i understand like she's we don't like rita but like if you're gonna hold someone captive you should at least give them nice accommodation
0: yeah it's true i've recently been reading the hunger games and there's a lot of captives in nice accommodations in that book series i'm
2: telling you minus the whole fighting to my death thing I'd be down with hanging in the Capitol, you know. Sounds great.
0: <laughs> well, if you just lived in the Capitol, you wouldn't have to fight to the death until yeah. the end when they come for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Everything's fucked.
1: Hermione's body language, too, up until the reveal, it's like so. It's like so weird at first. It's like sh- she's like shaky with like excitement. Um, I love
0: her. I love her with all my. Heart. And her
1: voice now <laughs> trembling slightly, like <laughs> like. Like she's like aroused or something, guys. I just can't I can't not imagine that. Her voice trembling slightly while she's like
0: dude, she's like, I'm the smartest fucking person in this fucking school, dude. (laughs) She's like bow to me. Look what I fucking did. I even had the wherewithal. To sit on it for a few days until you could really appreciate yeah. it. You're welcome. Not
1: only am I smart, but I'm a nice person too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hermione is our queen. She's amazing. Yeah, so um, Rita fucking Skeeter is an unregistered animagus who can turn into a beetle. And Hermione has her prisoner in a jar. And she's like, La da, I did this because I'm so smart. Okay. And then Malfoy is like, Oh, ho, ho. You think I'm pretty smart, do you? <laughs>
1: Typical. He always walks in when there's a one line when there's a good line for him to say. He
0: waits outside until he hears a good line and then is like, I got, it, I got, it, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> My
1: time is here. <laughs> I picture him like almost jumping in at one point, he's like, No, 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 there's a better one. There's probably a good one. No, wait, Like I'll
0: trying wait. to get into jump rope. You're like, Okay, and wait, and the next one. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> I love that
2: when he bursts in, the first thing he does is just like, you know, the scene reads hermione is smiling serenely which i don't know what the hell that means Hermione's a straight up psychopath yes in oh the my scene god i, love, I
0: love that yeah
2: um but he just slides Jeez. open the door and he's just like very clever granger like what the fuck did you just hear about for you, you heard that she is a beetle it, that is a human being in her bag and you're like yeah let me go fuck with hermione granger real <laughs> quick like
0: <laughs> oh God. The girl who punched me once <laughs> and I never stopped thinking about yeah. her since then. So stupid. Ugh. Okay, so Draco, Malf- Draco Malfoy proceeds to like literally try like kind of even try to get Harry to come to the dark side. He's <laughs> like he's like, I did the pitch and you were a dick to me. But fuck these people and like me Voldemort's back now and I'm for real now.
1: It's so funny how after all that we've read and everything that's changed and the fact that we've literally seen, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, their families as Death Eaters. And it, they he still sounds at just as unintimidating as ever. <laughs> like, there there is like, there's like no, I, I don't feel any differently about him in this scene. Yeah. And I know that obviously I'm saying that as someone who's read the whole series many times. But, like, it just doesn't change how I
0: feel about him. Yeah, Draco's, like, talking shit, and he starts to talk about Cedric. To Cedric. To Cedric! That's my boy! Okay, so then the room sort of, like, explodes. <laughs> and, like... As Drake, uh, does. And Drake, uh, Draco Malfoy and Crabbe and Goyle are all knocked out. It turns out... That five people simultaneously hit them with like curses and jinxes all at the same time because Fred and George were out in the hallway and attacked them and then Harry, Ron and Hermione. And they're like, ew, yikes, this is kind of a mess. So they like kick them into the hallway and shut the door. Love it. I love that energy for them. (laughs) No, the
1: best part is when Fred and George, when Fred and George are coming in and they both specifically on purpose step on
0: them on their way in. Oh, yeah, you got to.
1: They're like very careful to step directly on them.
0: <laughs> they deserve it, truly. Really.
1: And I love George's line. Interesting effect, looking down at Crab. Or <laughs> said George looking down at Crab. Who used the Fernunculus curse? <laughs> like they're just like examining all the weird stuff going on, these people.
0: Yeah, like two of them got like uh got like caught up together and uh, like two of the curses or mm-hmm. jinxes and who, who Jelly I, I don't Legs
1: who... and Fernunculus Curse.
0: And it's like Tentacles growing out of their face. (laughs) Oh, God. I hate it. I love how (laughs) they're also
2: like, let's not leave them here. They just don't add to the decor. Like, we're bad bitches. They don't
0: add to the decor. No, it's like bad energy. Uh, Yeah, bad
2: bad vibes, bad feng shui. I'm not about it. Bad bitches (laughs) Bad feng shui,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they all just fucking... Chill and play exploding snap for like a long time. And Harry's like, if I could exist in this moment forever, I would. Aww. Fuck fuck everything beyond this. Mm. And then Harry's like, I think Harry truly, I think he like pulls a card here. He's like, Well, I've been recently traumatized. So are you guys ready <laughs> to tell us who you've been blackmailing? <laughs> because you know I've been through a lot and I deserve this bit of tea. Yeah,
1: I dare he's like, I dare you to say no to me. I dare yeah. you to not answer me.
0: <laughs> it was ludo fucking bagman he uh as a reminder the twins bet ludo bagman like back in one of the much earlier chapters that uh ireland would win the quidditch world cup but Crum would catch the snitch so obviously i think they're owed like a lot of money because that's so specific mm-hmm. <laughs> But Ludo paid them their winnings in leprechaun gold. So imagine that feeling like that's probably so much fucking money, dude. And they're like, oh, my God, our dreams come true. Our dreams come true. We can do it all now. And then it just disappears overnight. Like, how fucking terrible would that be?
2: I mean, that sounds like every other Friday when I get paid. So... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow so true
0: it's a little too real especially if you one. set
1: if you set your bills to like auto pay or whatever yeah, exactly. and you literally don't even see your paycheck come in it's like it never happened
0: <sighs> bad feng shui put it in the hallway
1: <laughs>
2: vanished didn't it by next morning it had been gone yep just like
0: my paycheck
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah it's It turns out that Ludo Bagman owed some goblins, like, a lot of money, and they've been, like, following him around, and they cornered him in the woods at the World Cup and took all his money, so he, like, couldn't pay any of the bets. So, he's been betting, Ludo Bagman has been betting on Harry to win the Triwizard Cup, which is why he's been helping Harry so much, being a very good red herring for us. Good boy. But... Harry didn't win outright. He tied, so Ludo Bagman had to make a run for it, and he's gone forever from the story. I'm pretty sure, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. So then they're like, this is a nice train ride, and then the train stops. And here, I'm just, I'm like talking so slowly, I'm like, it's ending right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harry lets Ron and Hermione go ahead because he needs to talk to the twins. He gives Fred and George His Triwizard Tournament winnings, one thousand galleons, approximately sixty five hundred dollars, for their joke shop, and they protest back and forth a little bit. But like, you can tell Fred and George are like, "You don't need this. (laughs) I'm this. This will change everything."
1: Yeah, there's there's this like when you go out to eat with like a really rich friend or something, and you're kind of fighting to pay the check, but you only both know you're going to pay
0: the check. Yeah.
1: Oh, we're supposed to drink to that, aren't we?
0: Yes, we but, are. Good call. Oh, yeah, drink. Money. We only have three rules, and I feel like we've been doing a bad job. But there's a no, good God. thing there's been a lot of Cedric talking. Yeah,
2: chapter. the Cedric one has stayed strong. To Cedric. To
0: Cedric.
1: To Cedric. <laughs> Honestly, too, I've just, uh, just so the the audience knows, I have been drinking regularly throughout it anyway, so.
0: I did, too, and then I got <laughs> to my last God, that's the thing with White Claws is I can drink them so fast. And I got to my third White Claw and I was like, you have to only drink this when it's drinking time because you've been drinking these too (laughs) fast. I also have
2: been knocking it back with my whiskey soda here and I don't have a ton Danny, steady. (laughs) (laughs) I do (laughs)
0: want to share a,
2: a quick little tangent here. That um I was Facetiming the one and only uh, Haley this past week, and we were talking about how we're both basic bitches and love white claw, and she shared with me a little rhyme that I've never heard before, and it's uh was something to the effect of um, uh ain't no law when we're on the claw, and I loved it. Uh Nice. There we go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like Fred and George would drink some white claws.
0: Oh yeah, of course. I think every single one of the Weasleys, except one Geneva Weasley, is a lightweight.
2: (laughs) I feel like Ron would be really fun to get drunk. Like, he would just be tripping over everything and, like, confess to being in love with Hermione. And it's like, Ron, honey, we
0: know. It's okay, girl. Mm." (laughs) We already know It's okay, girl. (laughs) So finally, Harry pulls out his wand and he's like, I will literally fucking hex you if you don't take my money. Goodbye. And then on his way out, he's like, do me a solid. Buy Ron some new dress robe. Stay there from you. Bye.
2: And don't tell your mom because she scares me. (laughs) K-bye.
0: Dude, and we're here now, and Uncle Vernon is just waiting to pick him up and take him back to the home of his abusers, and like, goodbye, it's over. It's
2: literally over. (gasps) I love how in this scene, Mrs. Weasley was standing right next to Uncle Vernon, you know, they mention it, and it's like, I know it's not mentioned in this chapter, but I definitely believe that before that train rolled in, Molly Weasley was like, listen here, Vernon, you little bitch. Oh, Anything Percent. happens to Harry. <laughs> oh, I feel like she had some real words and I love that energy. I wish it was a part of it. Cause you know Molly Weasley would not stand next to that son of a bitch and not say something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and er earlier in this book, it even, like, mentions it because Bill and Mrs. Weasley come to Hogwarts for, like, the family day or whatever of the Triwizard Tournament, and he's like, oh, my God, for a second, I thought, like, literally the Dursleys were here, and she's like, mm, and then the the narration is like, Mrs. Weasley had always been, like, pretty nice about, uh, like, the Dursleys in front of Harry, but we all know that (laughs) she has feelings.
1: Yeah, I, she definitely would have said something, because I would have said something and I am the most scared person in the whole world.
0: I for sure would have said something, especially in this kind of situation where I have such a power dynamic. Like I'm a harmless mom, but you know, I know a lot of people who could like fuck you up with fucking magic, dude. So like <laughs> take care of this fucking kid. I'm watching you. You literally don't even know how I might be watching you. And the fact <laughs> yeah. that,
2: yeah, it, it reads, you know, she hugged Harry very tightly when she saw him and whispered in his ear, you know, blah, 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 Dumbledore will let us come later in the summer. But I feel like that hug, you know, obviously there's a lot that we imply within the text. And in that hug, I feel like not only was she, you know, obviously greeting Harry because she genuinely likes and loves Harry just like, you know, everyone else, but she's also just like you know, kind of taking out some of her frustration, like, oh, I wish you were with us, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Also, I'm a bad bitch, and remember, I will fuck your uncle up. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Can we talk about how it says here, blah, 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 after they say their goodbyes, Ron and Harry do their thing, and, you know, we have something new, and it's uh, cited right here. Hermione, yeah, Hermione kisses Harry on the cheek. And it's interesting to me that, you know, we all know, obviously, she and Ron, you know, would come uh, happily ever after there. But it's just so funny to me that, you know, Harry is the first one she kisses out of the two boys. It's, <laughs> it's cute and innocent in a way. And I love it.
1: It is. It is. <laughs> I feel like her dating crumb, even though you don't see a lot of it. And it's not very serious. Like, I think she got a lot of confidence. Oh, yeah. It's socially a
0: a tool for her.
1: Yeah. She got a lot of confidence, like socially where she, you know, she's always been confident in the classroom, but definitely not socially. Um, And I think she like, you know, she's doing some things now that feel cute just to just to do them.
0: Yeah. I think that Harry's reaction, I think the fact that it's like, for the first time ever, Hermione kissed my cheek. I think that's so funny, because when I read that, I was like, so what? (laughs) I don't know. It's it's like such a nothing thing. But it's like, Harry's like, oh, my God, a woman's lips upon my face. (laughs) Clocked that.
2: (laughs) It's interesting, too, because, you know, um, for whatever reason, you just made me think of it, Christina, but... I mean, we know that, obviously, Harry's parents died very young. We assume that, you know, as he was a baby, they, you know, gave him kisses and all that shit you do with new babies. Oh, you're so cute. Let me feed you or whatever. I'm a great parent. Yeah. I don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: like Tamagotchi level parents.
2: (laughs) Yes. But anyway, you know, we know that Harry is starved of affection all this time with the Dursleys, and yeah, he's been hugged throughout his friends all the years, I mean, that's cited in the books, but I think this is the first, like, probably Harry's first kiss in a long time, if
1: you
0: think about it.
1: Mm. Aww. Sad. That's a really good point.
0: Sad. Aww, Harry. Oh my god. (laughs) Danny, I told you I brought you on here to liven things up and help us end it on a good note.
2: I'm doing a wonderful uh, job.
0: <laughs>
1: I love that.
0: <laughs> okay, so since we're here at the end of Goblet of Fire and we just read this long sad chapter and we're all kind of drunk, let's let's like try to <laughs> I was gonna say let's try to look on the bright side of things and like pick our favorite moment in the chapter. But that does feel like a bad energy. <laughs> but let's do it anyway. Let's each pick our favorite our favorite part of this chapter. Uh Danny, what was your favorite part or do you want to go last? Um I think <laughs> I think having read
2: this on my own first, my favorite part of the chapter was when Hermione was like, you know, shaking Rita, like, hey, I got this bitch. She's a beetle. <laughs> yeah. But after, you know, getting on here and uh, chatting it out with you two, I think my favorite um, part of the chapter, just because of your ter- terminology there, Christina, was uh, the surprise funeral. Um <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice. i started a thing guys let's start doing surprise <laughs> surprise no, you uh,
1: did no absolutely not oh. i will not be attending
0: <laughs> you're not gonna have a
1: choice man it's like you know like people will do surprise weddings sometimes
0: Ooh, yeah that, i love that i definitely should have done that
1: <laughs> well Put in, your, put in your will that you want a surprise funeral to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Wait, don't tell my friends I'm dead. Wait, wait for the funeral. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh, no.
1: That'd be awful.
0: <laughs> Mary Payton, what's your favorite part of this chapter?
1: I don't even, I can't even think straight right now. That's so bad.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to move on swiftly. <laughs> okay,
1: so and it's a tie, which I know is lame because there's like, three parts in this chapter
0: right yeah (laughs) but i mean
1: dumbledore's speech you know even after all this time and after all we've made fun of dumbledore and been frustrated by him and stuff like he is such a his lines at least are such a a light you know like they still are as an adult such a light through life
2: i agree 100 (laughs) percent.
1: yeah just like things that you just remember forever like what choosing between what is right and what is easy. I think about that like all the time without even realizing it, mm-hmm. you know, that's such a good line and whether, you know, the whether the books and the story really lived up to that or not. And certainly uh, the author did not, which is disappointing, but like, you know, those lines, you can still take them out of that context and use them and keep them for your life. And I, I just, I love that.
2: Yeah. There's something really, um, I think, admirable about Dumbledore obviously he's had this quality throughout the series but I think in this chapter especially in that speech especially he really shines
1: yeah and he this is like his is like yeah he really shines in this moment this is like the Dumbledore time to shine when it's like he's still mysterious he's still like as a reader you're like oh my god he's amazing and mysterious and what's going on he's so powerful He's so smart and wise as before we get to know that he's really just a human um, and that he's, he makes a lot of mistakes at a cost. Um, But you, you still feel like in this moment, like he's just the best.
0: I've been flipping through my illustrated edition because I've been looking for something, you know, there's a lot of shit to illustrate in this series. So the illustrated edition kind of does it sparingly and, um, I noticed that, like, in that chapter, like, at, around the feast or whatever of the chapter we read, mm. um, there was, like, a really nice, cool, interesting portrait of Mad-Eye Moody that I'll post on our Instagram. Um, And I, like, flipped through the rest of the book, and I noticed that, like, Mad-Eye Moody wasn't really in any illustrations until it was actually him. Huh. Like, they waited... There was, like, one from the side from a distance, like, with not really much detail. But they, like, waited until it was actually him to give him, like, a nice, cool portrait. You know what I mean? That's That's pretty cool. That's
1: that's got it. And that's, like, obviously a choice. Because he is very much a centered character in so many really good scenes that would have made great illustrations, you know?
0: Yeah. He definitely, like, is... In illustrations, but never you never really see his face in any kind of like coherent way. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a very cool choice. So I'm flipping to my favorite my favorite part of this, um, which is here. Um, <clears throat> this is Hagrid. Now, who'd like to come and visit the last Scrooge with me? I was joking. Joking! (laughs) He added hastily, seeing the looks on their faces. It's a cute Hagrid moment. I love it for him.
1: Yeah. It's a nice, like, dad joke moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Hagrid's
0: great for lightening the mood, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's true. Well, I mean, are we ready? Are we ready to be done?
1: Oh... (laughs) Danny just Danny took a just, yeah, swig and it looks come. like it was painful. Oh.
2: <laughs> if I could hold a match to my mouth, I'm certain I would have <laughs> breathed fire. So I have a question before we potentially wrap up. I, okay. um, if you got, if, if this is cool, I would, you know, obviously if not, edit it out, but I'm curious if we can ask, you know, um, not only you two, but the audience. I know we're getting towards the end of the series, but I'm, uh, especially this chapter, I've been thinking a lot about Ron and Hermione and their relationship. And I'm curious what you guys and what the restricted fans, um, you know, think. When do you guys think was the moment, I think, or the moment that Ron was like, yep, this psychopath, you know, uh, crazy, frizzy haired girl. She's the one for me, like, because there are moments of it we see throughout the series where Ron is definitely, like, pining for her, but especially with, you know, what we see coming in the the future novels, there's, I think there's got to be a moment where he's like, yep, this bad bitch, she crazy, but she's the one for me.
0: It's so hard because Ron is so good at lying to himself. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like he's truly the last person to know that he's in love with hermione granger mm-hmm. so like i think it's like late i think it's like i think it's like when he just I, here's when i think ron weasley falls in love with hermione in a way where he's like oh fuck um i think it's in book six. Oh god like five seconds after he makes out with lavender brown for the first time and then he, he like s- they stumble in on like Harry and Hermione talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the moment where Ron's like, oh man, she's so fucking mad. And it's because like, I'm making out with this other girl. And then, especially in the movie, she sends those scary little birds at him. And he's like, I'm kind of turned on right now. (laughs) But, but like, but it's literally already too late because he's like started this thing with lavender. So he's like, well, I've never done this before. So like, I guess I'll just do the lavender thing for now. (laughs) But, but he like, he like knows the whole time. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. I like it. I
1: like it. And I bet he's thinking about her through the whole relationship. I mean, I, that's implied like the whole time.
0: Yeah, that's literally how him and Lavender break up. Justice for Lavender Brown. <laughs> I have a whole, <laughs> I have a whole episode. I think about her. Did I make that up? <laughs> Maybe I didn't.
1: Maybe a whole episode's worth of you saying justice for Lavender Brown. I, I
0: think it's. I think I literally called it in defense of Lavender Brown. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Oh yeah, it is. Check out, check that out in um fucking September of 2023
2: <laughs> nice. when we start Half Blood Prince. I love it. I love it. That's yeah, awesome. I know this question is a bit you know premature because obviously we haven't gotten there with Hermione and Ron and love, but just I guess this scene, uh, this chapter in particular, made me think of it because for me, I mean, I want to go back and read the whole series start from finish again. But I definitely saw moments of it in this book where I'm just like, "Mm, I know what you're thinking, Ron. I know what you're all about, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it's hard to think about when he may have, like, actually realized he was in love with her. Because as – at least I remember when I was a teen, that word was so broad. Like, it it was, like, like just, like, so open-ended and didn't really – mean what it does to me now mm-hmm. but as a teen you feel feeling so strongly and so I'm sure even throughout this book when he saw her with crumb and you know at the yule ball and all that stuff he probably had mom- he definitely had moments where he felt very strongly for her and realized that he was wishing that he could be dancing with her or kissing her or like whatever it was that he was thinking in his mind mm-hmm. right. So I don't know if it was love at that moment, but I, I, he had to admit to himself at some point that he was like, like, I'm sure even in this train ride after he sees her part ways with Crom, and he's like, finally, we're just in the train together.
0: That's the thing is like. I think for so long, he has this like possession over her that he like can't explain. And it's because he's a fucking idiot because he's like, he's like, I don't know why every man that approaches her makes me want to punch a wall. And it's like, it's because it's because you have feelings for her, man. And he'd be like, no, that can't be right. But as long as she's not dating any of these, all of the guys I disapprove of, then we'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's just fucking lying to himself forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Ron is, um, I love Ron, but he's definitely a bit of a dweeb, and um, <laughs> he doesn't know what's up. He's just a lovable little scamp, that Ron. Good old That's Ronald. <laughs> I love
0: that. He's a bit of a scamp.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: well, is that is that the end, guys? Do we move on to the next thing now?
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, before we move on to plugs, I just want to let you know, listeners, I mean, obviously... The name of this chapter is The Beginning. So our summertime content is only just beginning. So as uh, as we did last summer, we're going to take a break from the books for the summer. Um, we'll be back around September 1st, like whatever the closest Wednesday to that is. That's when we'll start The Order of the Phoenix. Um, wait, I have dates in front of me because I'm a great note taker. <laughs> so we'll be starting The Order of the Phoenix on... April 30, no, not April. That's eight for August 31st (laughs) at the end of the summer. (laughs) Um, But between now and then we have a lot of cool stuff. So I just want to let you guys know next week we are covering the film. I'm doing that with Charlie and Carrie from Phantom's gone wrong and I'm fucking excited. After that, we're doing an episode I'm calling post goblet of fire group therapy. I think we all need it. It's going to be a bit of like a mailbag. Ask me anything like food for thought, like reflection episode. After that, we're covering uh, a book, Sorted by Jackson Bird. I'm very excited to read that. It's like uh, a tr- the memoir of a trans dude and like how a lot of his identity, like, I think is connected to like Harry Potter, but also like I think the concept of sorting in general. It's a good one. Charlie recommended it highly to me. We're also going to be releasing a couple of our Patreon bonus episodes to the main feed. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, we're releasing Harry Quoter. Um, But we're also releasing our My Immortal episode, and truly, I've written books, I've written poems, I've created podcasts, I've created other people's books, I've done a lot of creative work in my life, but if you ask me what my greatest creative accomplishment is to this date, it's the Restricted Section My Immortal bonus episode.
2: (laughs) I love that. I love that so much.
0: It's literally so good, and if you've already listened to it on our bonus feed, I have remastered it and added more, more to it to make it sound more good for the main feed, so please check us out.
1: Awesome.
0: And then as a special super fun silly shit, at the end of the summer, I'm bringing my three best non-Harry Potter friends onto the podcast. You're going to love them. I do have non-Harry Potter friends, and they're going to attempt to explain to me the plot of Harry Potter. Oh, Oh (laughs) that'll be a good one. In case you're wondering, I do have experience with these people trying to interpret Harry Potter. The name of the episode is Gandalf 2. I'm just... (laughs) I'm just assuming that that's where it's gonna go because I've been here before. (laughs) Once we had a Harry Potter birthday party for Sean, fantastic beats and where to find them, and (laughs) a lot of our friend group came dressed as Lord of the Rings characters. So it's like, are (laughs) they joking or do they not get it? I'm not sure. Wow. Oh. And and if that's not enough for you, as a reminder, you can always join our Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can be a part of our online Discord community and. For the $5 a month and above tiers, we also do our monthly bonus episodes. So that's like in addition to all the things I just read that are coming out on the main feed over the summer. So there's just like a lot of ways to not miss us while we're on what I call a hiatus. But I'm still releasing bi-weekly episodes.
1: (laughs) Christina's not on a hiatus, but the books are.
0: I do take a hiatus because... I'm recording all these episodes before the summer. Over the summer, I'm just going to be getting ahead, and that'll feel good. That's like a bonus. you know. Ooh, there you go. It's a bonus for me. That's a bonus episode for me. It's only a bonus
1: if you eventually take an actual hiatus.
0: Take a break. One day the books, they'll run out. I'll rest when the books are done. (laughs) Oh, God.
2: (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Uh.
0: So, Danny, do you want to be found on the internet? That's not really your your jam is it um
2: i mean i didn't want to be found on it at one point but i'm a, i'm i'm better about being found on it now mostly oh. because i have you know settings where if anyone is a creep i'll just you know move them real quick um I don't fuck oh, yeah. with creeps, so if any of you want to follow me, that's great, love it, but don't be a creep, please. I am nice. Creeps, stay nice.
1: away. <laughs> it's like creeps, the, just the least away. you could do yeah. is just not be a creep.
0: Like I'm a nice person. I can personally vouch not even one single one of our listeners is a creep. I love that. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that none of you are creeps. Love
2: that for us. Uh, and <laughs> I put case- that on my
0: resume, actually. <laughs>
2: Not a creep, not a weirdo. Got it. Merry
0: creep and creep. <laughs> Danny, what's something that you've been watching, reading, listening to playing lately that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy?
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm probably late to the party here, but um, I have been personally um, obsessed with Attack on Titan lately. Um, if you haven't checked Ooh, cool. it out, please go check it out. Um, it will suck your mind, body and soul. Um oh. yeah, it's <laughs> delicious. It's-, <laughs> it's just like I sit there at work and I'm, you know, tippy tapping on my laptop doing insurance things and I'm like my life would be so much better if I was watching Attack on Titan right now. <laughs> I literally God, it's a problem. But anyway, besides Attack on Titan, something you know, to do in addition to sitting and watching TV, not that that's a bad thing. Self-care is important. Sometimes self-care is sitting on your ass watching TV. Anyway, um, it's the same book that you and I talked about a bit on Facebook, uh, Christina. It's uh, I'm, you know, trying to be better to myself in a lot of ways, you know, mentally, physically, all that good stuff. So a book that I bought a while ago and I keep going back to, I think I've, I've read it through now, but I just keep finding more nuggets, you know, to go back to um, eat to beat depression and anxiety, nourish your way to better mental health by Drew Ramsey. Um, you know, Oh yeah, I
0: bought that one. Yeah,
2: I mean, I am a human be- being with flaws, unfortunately. Um, and you know, I suffer from depression and anxiety as a lot of people do, especially in the chaos that is today's world. And I found that this book uh, definitely helps Uh, so if you're struggling or even if you're not struggling you just want to learn to take care of yourself a little bit better I would highly recommend this book
0: awesome well I own it so I will surely read it yeah (laughs) Mary Peyton where can people find you on the internet
1: um you can find me at crook mp um on instagram and that's all I'm gonna say
0: Okay, great. And what uh, what do you, have you been watching, reading, playing, listening to, experiencing? Oh, I
1: sorry. oh, let's not talk about the experiencing part.
0: Uh-oh.
1: We've all been experiencing way too much. Okay. Yes, truly. Anyways, wow, I just got lost in what's happening. She the did, last you drifted couple weeks. into
0: a, a daydream.
1: Sorry. Um, I have been watching a nice escape from our lives in a positive way. Uh, I'm watching a show that's been out for a very long time, so I'm way behind. But Ted Lasso. Have oh, you yeah. Guys Sean loves that? that one. I have not. It is so good. I cannot recommend it more. Um, I am. I, I'm just like constantly obsessed with really well-written comedies. That's <laughs> my favorite thing forever, especially TV shows. Um, and this is so well-written. And it's like the most positive, inspiring and funny show at the same time that I think I've ever watched. And I it's just so great. It's about um, a coach who normally coaches football in the U.S. and he's hired to coach football slash soccer um, in England. And mm. obviously it's a very different world and they hate him there. They don't want uh, an American football coach. He's got like a Southern accent and a big old mustache coaching one of their teams and he has no idea what he's doing. And he is, he's just the most positive, wonderful person ever. And it's, it's not just um, sentimental, like hunky dory. It's also just like really beautiful and real. And I, I would recommend it to anyone at any time. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Sean watched that one. And like, he just has a lot more downtime than me. So sometimes I have to tap out, but maybe I'll go back for that one.
1: <gasps> Christina, you've already tried to watch it and you weren't able to. Is that what you're telling me?
0: No, no. He just Sean watches a lot of TV without me. Oh, oh. And he always asks me. He's like, "Can I watch the show without you?" And I say yes or no. So <laughs> I, I granted him Todd Lasso because I didn't know anything about it.
1: That's real love. I love that. That's great.
0: Yeah, that's how he watches so much anime. And I'm like, I like anime. I just could never keep up with this. Yeah. My name's Christina, you know where to find me, and this week I'm going to plug, oh my God, panic, 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 panic. I'm actually going to (laughs) plug, this is the stupidest thing I've ever plugged, I'm going to plug the uh, 1979 film Alien. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very fun movie, I recently went to watch it at our local historical theater, The Bird in Richmond. And it's just a, a very fun classic, uh, science fiction, uh, like thriller. I enjoy it a lot. Um, and it has like a young, toit Sigourney Weaver.
2: <laughs> I was just talking about young Sigourney Weaver the other day, and let me tell ya, with ha-
0: you, with were we talking with Haley? Because I took her with me to see Alien.
2: Oh, I wasn't talking about it with Haley, but I mean, mm. now I'm just gonna text Haley about Sigourney Weaver, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, great. That's the end of the Goblet of Do you Can you guys sense I'm having a hard time like wrapping it up? I'm like, how can I just wrap it up? But we're fucking wrapping it up. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so grateful to you. This chapter was a burden and you really helped us bear it. <laughs> for sure.
2: Anytime. Always happy to be a part of the restricted section. Thank you guys for having me again and um, I look forward to connecting with uh, more fans, you know, via my social medias, a couple of you have already followed me from last episodes. And, uh, you know, some of you have reached out in a message, which is great because I'm a baby and I don't do things like that. So Aww. if you're so inclined to keep it coming, I will say hi. Um, yeah, that's, that's that.
0: Yay. And you'll have to let me know what kind of chapter you want to come on for, for order of the Phoenix, because there's a lot going on in that book and we need help
2: sounds like a plan we'll talk
0: (laughs) and mary peyton as always thank you for being here with me as the ship goes i feel like we're the band and the ship's going down you know and we're just playing
1: you just gotta keep playing there's no way to change the (laughs) the course of this ship at this point
0: right we're going down in an earlier (laughs) round all right king i gotta go I I just gotta go. The book's over, and I'm.
1: Oh, (laughs) I was like, I was waiting for your like funny exit about what you have to go
0: read. Oh, like I thought this was my funny exit. Oh, gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go. The Restricted section is delighted to be a member of the Movie Night Crew podcast network, featuring other amazing podcasts such as Content and Capable. Having recently become an adult, Sam is on a quest to find out how to actually be one. Each week, Sam asks people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society.
1: Hi, my name's Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But why does adulting have to suck? Join me on my journey to rediscover the joy of following your passions as an adult and discuss it with people who are doing just that. I'll sit down with a variety of people from all walks of life and ask the important questions while trying to figure out what does it really mean to adult. Whether you're a pro or haven't even started, come and listen wherever you get your podcasts and hopefully you might learn a thing or two.
0: The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling, All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison support us on patreon.com slash restricted section for as little as a dollar a month you can gain access to our discord community server which is a really happy place to be and there are other rewards as well such as bonus episodes and zoom happy hour hangouts be sure to follow us on instagram at restricted section pod on twitter at restricted pod and on facebook at restricted section pod also feel free to shoot us an email at restricted at gmail.com to share your thoughts feelings come Complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise.
2: I made the mistake of pouring my soda into the mug first, and then whiskey. So oh, it's whiskey's just, on top. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you there.
2: You know, after today, I'm kind of okay with it, though. <laughs>
1: that movie sucked i kind of liked it
0: movie night crew network